Hello again, dear friends, and thanks for listening to the podcast To Seek and to Save. I'm Daniel, and with me is Clint, and we're just uh, two fellows, two brothers in the Lord, hanging out with Scripture and with you again. Uh, we are, we've been pursuing, Clint, like a, a time of testing, you know, a section of Second Kings uh, Old Testament history where you have a series of events that really bring pressure cookers on different people. Uh, what do we have? A miraculous oil. You know, we had yeah. some miracles in ministries, but you see these desperate times as a backdrop and always how God kind of speaks into that desperation. And I think that's our fitting, our fitting connection of how, how does God seek us now with this idea of seeking and saving? How does he seek our hearts in a, in times of, maybe abnormality, new norms, <laughs> call them desperation, I guess, if you want. But yeah. what do you think? I, you know, it's amazing the trouble that God's people went through. Mm-hmm. And it's been tough this year, for sure. And I'm not downplaying 2020 by any means but nobody's downplaying 2020 (laughs) (laughs) but you also see some really desolate times when a mother's has just a little bit of oil and she's trying to save her son and you see some desperation in these stories that are just it's hard to imagine going through it ourselves but the beautiful thing of seeing how God doesn't abandon anybody and we mm-hmm. you see how when you look to the Lord, he's always there and mm-hmm. he's always gonna be there and he's there for us. Yeah. So yeah, it's I I love reading these stories because of that and mm-hmm. <clears throat> the reminders. Well, we have a different kind of than like physical um, bodily need, like food and water and baking and stuff, a different kind of need today. But join us. Join us for this discussion. We're in Second Kings chapter 6, and we're going to be talking about a, a time of war and God opening our eyes to things that really we, we don't see, but we need to add into the into the mix of our everyday reality is what we get to enjoy and know that we have by faith. So God will seek us in in showing us the limitations of what is visible to us and the extent to which it goes and the enjoyment of all that is unseen and yet truly there. So that's where we're going today. Again, our disclaimer, as in the past, is that uh, we're sitting with open Bibles in our laps and not really like notes or any sort of script. So um, take our words and thoughts in the kindest possible way, but know that they don't necessarily reflect the the beliefs of Living Savior Lutheran Church. And uh, why don't we begin with a prayer? Should Absolutely. Let's yep. pray and we'll get started. Dear Lord, bless our meditation on your word today. We ask that you would open our eyes to the wonders of your word and also to the wonders of the things that we know we cannot see because of your word, and yet we we have them, like your protection, your love, and your care. Sometimes what we see with our two eyes is a challenge and a temptation for us to despair but help us to know that your will is done and you are with us always and in every way in your name we pray amen amen 
Best way to start any kind of <laughs> task. Yeah, the best way to start a task. Uh, Holy Spirit, if you don't bless this time, yep. <laughs> we will get nowhere with our thinking. Especially uh, with this guy in the room. I'm yeah. talking about myself. No, he was actually pointing at me, no. I think. <laughs> That's good. So what's the story that we have here? We're looking at... Uh, the middle of this chapter, yeah, Second Kings six. Elisha traps blinded Armenians. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> These, so Aram, Aram Arams. is back. You know, this yeah. nation of the Arameans. They're to the north, and then you know, this is the time in Israel's history where they have a divided kingdom. So you have a northern king and a southern king, like Judah, and to the north is Israel, and north of Israel then, uh, even further, is Aram. And so you kind of have these bordering rival nations, you know, kind of after each other. You remember um, we, we had Naaman, the healing of Naaman, this leper that, yep. uh, that we talked about in a previous podcast. And so he's this, he's this powerful army commander. And now you have these armies like still involved oh, yeah. um, in this warfare with, with the king of Israel. So here these nations are at war, but what's, what's unique about this, the setting up of this story? It, they're not getting much traction to Aram <laughs> army because Elisha continues to go to the king of Israel and forewarn him and protect him because of his, his connection with God. Yeah. And, his trust in God. So, so what's your secret weapon? What is the secret weapon for the king of Israel? <laughs> uh, God. God. Yeah. So basically, God is the secret weapon introduced to us. He's he's giving the prophet Elisha all the military tactics or strategy ideas that the Arameans have um, are being relayed to the king of Israel through the prophet. God yeah. is telling him this is what they're planning behind lock and key and closed doors. And so it's this, you know, it's totally befuddling and annoying for the king of Aram because he's like, how come they know every plan that I ever make? So we have this verse, in verse 10, we have this sentence that says, Time and again, Elisha warned the king so that he was on his guard in all the places where the Arameans were plotting their attacks. Yeah. So the Arameans was a stronger army, right? Yeah. <laughs> Every time I try to do something, you know where I'm going to be. What's going on? Well, I got the secret weapon called God and his prophet. So the target, well, if you're the king of Aram, how do you respond appropriately? You... Well, when, when you are told, because he's actually told um, that no, none of us is betraying you. King. Yeah, we've all been faithful. Cause he's he's like, who's the snitch, right? We've got a uh, we've got a mole. Yeah, you know. So if we have a mole, he says, no, it's not us. The prophet is telling the king of Israel the very words you speak in your bedroom. You know. So because you want to take God out the spy. <laughs> so the appropriate response is to do what? Take him out. Take him out. <laughs> Go after the prophet. And yeah. I think right here you have to recognize a little bit of this narrative 
you know, because you're at a juncture where there's like a fork in the road and you could you could kind of say woe is us who can stand up to israel's god like we we have no recourse with such a god on their side um, I should really fall on my knees and say, I'm so sorry that I don't worship you. And we should burn into the ground all of our temples and seek the God of Israel because obviously he's more powerful than our gods to be serving them in such a way and thwarting all of our plans. I just use thwarting in a podcast. That should get <laughs> bonus points right there too. But Absolutely. I think that this is exactly where if... If you had just cracked open a Bible and you turn to Second Kings 6 and you see somebody in a predicament like this, you'd be like, well, you fool, you've obviously worshiping the wrong God. Well, is it the same king that sent... Uh likely it is we're okay. not given the so we've had a king ben hadad mentioned previous chapters and he's going to die um by murder in okay. chapter eight don't you just love yeah. these kind of <laughs> novels that we get to read oh, in yeah. old testament scripture with murders and wars <laughs> and all this crazy stuff it should be a netflix series it really should oh it's <laughs> there's so many <laughs> there's so many yeah so it is it it is likely this the common king and we okay. know naaman was his powerful military commander yeah and he now worships the true god he's yes. probably outnumbered by other military commanders um, uh, maybe he's not as trusted. I don't know. You yeah. know, but he's talking with these officers and these officers, maybe even name and included is like, it's the prophet, the prophet that healed me. But instead of, again, forking the road, instead of urging the king of Aram to kind of quit his mode uh, of normalcy and to maybe like repent or say, tell me more about the God of Israel. All he wants to do is become a headhunter and track down Elisha, the prophet, and just kill him. Take control. And take He's... this is how I'm going to be the boss. Yeah. I'm just going to shut the prophet's mouth, um, you know, it by just, surrounding him. You see, because you know he came back and he was healed and yeah. everything was good. And the king was willing to send gold, silver clothing down there to as payment to to heal his military commander yeah mm -hmm. and now he's oh i'm gonna kill that guy yeah. <laughs> like... yeah when you can do me a favor when you help me i'll send you the gold but when, but i'm bigger no... and stronger than you yeah even though i will you... not bow yeah Oof. it's well i think i i don't want to be um i don't want to have an arrogant bone in my spiritual framework and but if anybody is listening and you're saying that i don't want to listen to the bible because the church is full of hypocrites or i don't care for christianity because there's just a bunch of money grabbing uh pastors that are out there or there's scandals um in ministers and hypocrites and you know if you have all these different excuses for why you're staying away from conversations with scripture or something honest i think you find yourself in the same boat as the king of aram yeah you know that you can give me an obvious sign that you know the sun is shining and there are good things um 
and there is a Christ who died on the cross and rose again, but I'm not going to give you the time of the day because I just want what I want. Oh, yeah. How much of it is is something that we can talk about? And and I would say, uh, I would raise my hand and say, I I act hypocritically in my life because I struggle with sin. Yep. And um, I sure hope that I don't, I know that there are financial scams that are out there and there are Christians who disappoint you in your personal life. There are people who struggle with, uh, you know, addiction and sin, say mean things and re represent Christ in a horrific way. Oh, yeah. um, but that does not mean that there isn't something good going on in the words of Scripture itself and something good that God is trying to do in the midst of such a terrible place like my heart um, or this world. In, in sending his son. Um, so I, I think I would challenge everybody to, to to say, what is the reason for keeping my distance? And is it just because I can maintain my norms? I'm trying to maintain my norms and my deities and my life instead of letting Jesus, you know, say and have a turn to speak at the table. Um, and that's what this podcast is about. Look at the Who's going to wake up the king of Aram? What's going to wake up the king of Aram? What would ever wake up the Arameans so that they would, you know, they would have their feathers ruffled. They oh, would yeah. have the rock broken to pieces. They'd have their pride shattered and they would look for a new solution. Absolutely. Because obviously you don't see it here. No, you don't. And that's why I, I love doing this podcast with you and I love getting into the word because it opens my eyes to when I am being like the king of Aram in my own life and I'm not looking to God for the answers. It's, mm -hmm. it's a great reminder for myself that God is surrounding us and protecting us every day and we get to read that here in the story, how, uh, well, I'll wait to get there, just a little <laughs> teaser, but mm -hmm. it, it really struck a chord with me when reading this before we do this podcast, and yeah. it just, yeah. something so beautiful yeah. that we all get to share in. He's, it's, Clint is dangling the carrot <laughs> out there. He's, he's begging you to listen for a few more minutes. That's good. Keeping you, keeping you till the end. <laughs> so, so here's what the king says. He says, go find out where Elisha is. I think that's funny coming from somebody whose every location yeah. has been known to Elisha. <laughs> no, <you're just laughs> now you want to know where he is and you don't think he's going to know that you want to know where he is if yeah. God wanted him to know that. Absolutely. So then I'm going to send men and capture him. Like, so you're just going to do another location-based strategy yeah. to somebody who's always known when and where. Well, he gets this report, you know, that he's in Dothan, which is 12 miles north of the capital city. So you could say this is already closer to the territory of, of Aram because you're, yeah. you're so far to the north. And then he sends horses and chariots and a strong force there. So he kind of, he has quite a crew that he's prepared to go and at night secretly catch him by again it's all this element of surprise yeah that we just explained to you hasn't been working because the prophet's always known where you are yeah and i know <laughs> when i was reading through this earlier it was like 
okay, so Elisha, how do you mm-hmm. how do you stop this force from coming? Because you've <laughs> got to know that they're coming, you know, mm-hmm. and it just. Like I was doing with the listeners, it kept my interest right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's possible that God didn't reveal this part to Elisha. Sure. You know, that they were now surrounded. The servant of Elisha is waking up the next yeah. morning and he is out of his mind. I mean, yeah. he's terrified because he says, we are surrounded. What are we going to do? Yep. And this is where it gets awesome yes the part you were looking forward to because it's always it's already been awesome but the prophet elisha says don't be afraid those who are with us are more than those who are with them yeah and there's the calm of a person abiding in the kind of in the word of god the understanding of his ministry and the care Um, he's not demanding for god to come and protect him but he is basing his comfort on the fact that there is nothing an army can do that would ever compete with the armies of God that yeah. are real and present. It's trust. Yeah. Full trust it's in a the full, Lord. Full trust that isn't blind. Yeah. That is actually a seeing trust yes. by faith. I think that's the irony of this whole story is then to... to shape the way we view the limitations of our own sight and the whole dealing with blindness that comes up is kind of an interesting play on all of this because uh, because elisha is going to now ask lord would you open up the servant's eyes so that he can really see so the servant who physically sees the army yes is terrified and it's a it's a fool's terror yeah because it's not based on the reality of faith which knows the armies of god that surround and sees them based on based on the fact that this is how this is who god is this is what god has at his disposal as he has th- thousands of angel army hosts that execute his will day in and day out we don't have to be afraid yeah exactly so it's... when his faith eyes are opened what does he see what is the phrase? Is that, uh, the Lord his... opens his eyes. In, it's in verse 17. Yep. And saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Yeah. So it's all these hillsides around. Surrounding. Yeah. Just as his protector, mm-hmm. as his own personal army. Yeah. And that's what God promises us through the salvation of Jesus. Mm-hmm. His love. Uh, <laughs> it's a, you know, what is it like in the Garden of Gethsemane? You know, Jesus is Jesus is going to be betrayed, and the disciples, in a in the last ditch effort of of their personal courage, they want to stop the the guys armed with clubs and torches from arresting Jesus. Yeah. And Jesus says this in the middle of that moment. He says, "Don't you know?" that my heavenly father at, ha, has at his disposal legions, legions of angels that could protect me if that was his will. Don't you see what I'm doing? Which, what is the count I'm, of a legion? Yeah, right. I mean, we're talking about, uh, you know, yeah, uh, thousands. You know, exactly. you're, you're talking about this, this uh, command of 
so many. And that's the point that I would have so many at my disposal that I could easily. This isn't a matter of defending myself. <laughs> this isn't. This is my will is actually using for the sake of God's will, uh, God's plans yeah. being accomplished, is using the betrayal of Judas, using the the hatred, the vitriol of these Israelite leaders that couldn't stand seeing Jesus alive anymore and had to be rid of him. And God was going to use this to shed blood on a cross to pay for my sins and yours. And God yeah. is going to... It's such a... You know, by sight, you think, oh, horrible, horrible thing, Jesus yeah. dying on a cross. And yet, this is the twist, is that God would show us such mercy in the midst of unbelief, and that that would be the point. Yes. That that would then speak to every unbeliever today and say, when you're at your worst, God doesn't wait for you to be improved. No. And to change your mind and to praise God, and then he'll love you back. He died for you when you hated him. Yes. That's the nature of his love. Nobody loves like that. It is the perfect love. Mm -hmm. And I just want, people should sit there with that because here is, here is a God who lets enemies get close, who lets enemies surround a city. He wants his prophet and the servant to be calm in their faith and their patience and their poise, right? The yeah. faith posture in such a moment. And yet going to teach these Arameans a lesson absolutely you know <laughs> the, the whole the whole lot of them so they come and they when they come toward him elisha then has another prayer so first he he wants his servant to see the army that they do have on their side though they can't see it and then he prays that this army would be struck with blindness not that they would just be crushed and annihilated but that they would be struck with blindness and i think god consents to this as he is in alignment with the will of Elisha, or I could say the Elisha is in alignment with God, not to just strike them all down and, and punish them, but to point out to them, yeah, you know, it wasn't... Again, the nature of God, that you can, you can bring your army, you can surround me at night and finally show up in an unfortified setting yeah, and still not win. And our, it just speaks to me how God's love is so much greater than the envy. And we, for me, when I try to seek justice or I want somebody to almost feel the pain, this is a great reminder that God mm. doesn't want any of us to be in pain. Yeah. He loves all of us. Yeah. Even our enemies, he loves. And it's mm -hmm. good for us to be reminded of that, that he is a God of love. And because at any moment's notice, all God had, he could have just annihilated all of them instantaneously. They all could have fallen dead. But mm -hmm. he opened, he lets Elisha pray for them to go blind. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> It is, it is really, really fascinating. And it's so good, I think, for all of us. You, I mean, let's say all Christians were entirely persecuted, even, uh, I mean, even to the point where, you know, people are being executed and imprisoned. And I mean, you can do all of this to the people of God. You can burn all of the Bibles. But are you, 
are you really going to win ultimately? There is a, I think there's a reality and a truth that the Bible is trying to speak to people then and now about the nature of life and just saying, you can press this as hard as you want, but if you're it's like beating a dead horse or you're barking up the wrong tree. Oh, yeah. If you're barking up the wrong tree, you're barking up the wrong tree. And yeah. um, how how does God trying to show this? Yeah. And now you have to try to picture a prophet and his servant leading a, a armed and charioted and horse. You know, they've got horses and chariots. They've got the, the best strong force. They're leading this blind force <laughs> 12 miles <laughs> And they take him to the capital of Israel, the northern kingdom. Yeah. <laughs> they take him to Samaria. <laughs> Imagine that parade. You know? <laughs> I'll, I'll take you to him, he says. Where's, we're looking for Elisha. And now they're struck with blindness and they're helpless to, in their pursuit. So he says, I'll take you to him. Yeah. And, <laughs> and so he leads them to the capital city. And what kind of... What kind of parade is this? What do you uh, do oh, if yeah. you're living in one of these, you know, trade route towns or something, and you're walking you're <laughs> by the road, the kids' jaws drop to the floor as this armed, this army is coming through behind your prophet to yeah. the capital city. <laughs> Just walking down the road. Like, they're not captives. They're all blind. Like, yeah. how did that happen? It's an amazing story. They're and if still... you're in the army, I'm sorry to cut you off. Oh, no. Last thing, if you're in the army... What are you thinking? Yeah. Like, okay, I'm completely helpless. You've been made, you've been rendered essentially helpless in the place where you thought you were going to be totally strong, coming at night, coming with a surprise, coming with a strong force, that there's no way you would be defeated. And now you can do nothing. You can't even swing your sword in the right direction and hit a pinata, right? I mean, you're just stuck. And what's amazing is how they still were going after Elijah. Yeah. We're, we're looking for a, oh, I'll lead you. Mm-hmm. Their persistence to try to follow through for the king of Aram, it's, mm-hmm. it's amazing when you see and you get to hear God's word this way. Yeah. And it, it strikes me because it's, these are ever true and living stories that... I find so many different aspects where I I need to change and it helps me because it does give me that sense of comfort when I put the my trust in God. Mm-hmm. So that's the joy I get by reading and being in the word mm-hmm. is the love of God and the trust and yeah. It's going to be good. Yeah. Uh, I, I wonder if some people would deflect in this story and say, some of these stories are so fanciful. They sound like, um, you know, like the Romans would, would often in their ancient history, they spin these stories that, that speak of the valor and they give the characteristic traits that you want in a, in a good soldier or a good citizen. And so these are the heroes we're going to talk about. And these are the stories we're going to tell and they're embellished and they're tweaked. And, you know, did this really happen? Or is this just an embellished national pride kind of a story where you're trying to butter up the Israelites in something good that they can hold on to when really they were oppressed by Arameans for years. And that's the factual reality. 
And I, I and I think you look at a story like this and you say, what is the, is this really like national pride that you end up with? Because at the close of this, the king asks, should I kill everybody? Yeah. And Elisha says, no, send him, but actually provide a feast for the Arameans and send them back. And it's one of those little tweaks. It's a, who, who would, who would write it that way? Yeah. Who would come up with the story that way? And who gets the praise? Yeah. Because ultimately all these soldiers go back with their eyesight again. After being, after, after being captured and brought to your capital city, a time when anyone about themselves, and a story that they wanted to speak of their power and their, um, you know, their prominence in and kind of put and scratch my name in the book of history, you know, because oh, yeah. of what we accomplished and we captured this mighty force. Instead, you know, you send them back and you send them back healthy and whole. Better off. Mm -hmm. You're sending them back better than they arrived. Yeah. You provide a feast for them. Yeah. You don't want them to get tired on the road back. <laughs> <laughs> it is a, it, its goal is entirely different. Its goal has that's the ulterior motive of scripture is to sort of suck you into the story and say, Now what why did this twist happen? Yeah. They were unblinded in the capital city when they could use their swords again. Oh yeah. And yet they didn't fight and they had a chance to think, wow, we're your captives. Yeah. We really are in Samaria. This is the story they would have to go back to Aram and, and would tell. Uh, we saw Samaria. We were there in Samaria. We were in their capital city. And we were, we were stuck. And they gave us a great feast and sent us back. Now what do we do? You see God's love. Yeah. And yeah. that, I think that that... For me, it speaks volume of the truth to the story. And because God is love and God is in control, that's where that story takes that turn. Mm -hmm. And it's not about their great defeat of their army. It's the great love that God gives to all of us. Yeah. So cool. It's, you just, you pray for that pause button. You, and that's why we kind of brought this up, um, for ourselves and for anybody listening that this is a, this is a time to pause and reflect. Like, what is strength? Yeah. What is sight? What is basing my life on the cause and effect of the things that I can see yeah. without ever letting God introduce me to the overarching meta-narrative or the overarching story of this entire world and all of its time yeah. and letting him speak into it, you know, including all of the evils and all of the troubles and, and letting us talk about suffering. And I mean, here you had an opportunity for them to, to come to terms oh, with yeah. the God of Israel and his story, which is meant for all people yeah. and to meet his prophets and to hear their word and, I, I, and learn about their worship and what it pointed to and why it was there. And I just, 
it's it's the whole thing is there is it's just sitting on the doorstep now for the Arameans to invite their curiosity and more. Oh yeah. You know, besides curiosity and say we really need to look into this because we are living and we're barking up the wrong tree. We're living the wrong life. You know, so we, rich. Yeah. Just richness all the way through. So you end this this account ends with a pause because yeah. the bands of Aram stopped raiding the territory of Israel. Okay. So there is a pause. Yeah. And I pray that there's a pause for our listeners. Yes. Um, and I pray that we continue to pause and give reflect to where we're giving our hearts. Yep. And how we're giving our hearts to it in our in our time in this life. Because that's uh there's one life to live. Um, and that, what I mean by that is a life by faith. Yeah. Um, and I know that this is just another story that pushes me there. It's it's so beautiful, and I feel so blessed to be able to share this and share this with you and share this with the listeners. And I pray that it, it touches other people's heart like it's touched mine each each time I get it more and more excited to do these, even though I'm very uncomfortable a lot of times <laughs> and say some silly things every now and then, but it's just, yeah. I, I love it. Yeah. So thank you. You know, and in the true spirit of to seek and to save, you can see how a story like this is aimed to seek us. Yeah. But it is also important to underscore the saving aspect because God is... When, when we open that word and uh, ask for that spirit and understand what God am, aims to get at in scriptures, that when you read about him, he's not the kind of God that is just anxious to squish you like a bug and to yell at you and to fill your life with a bunch of rules. But he's the opposite. He's the one who wants to surround you uh, with, with a protecting love yeah. that lasts for eternity. He wants to guard and care for you, defend you against things that are really your enemies. And God is not one of them. He is actually the only Savior. And that's what it means to him to save, is to surround you with his protection. And that's protection against lies and untruths, idolatry, sin, guilt, hell, Satan. He wants to protect you. And so if you've got, if you're listening to this and you want to know more, this is why we're doing the podcast. We want to know, we want to know this with you and share the hope that we have um, and the salvation that we know is ours in the name of Jesus. Absolutely. Well, thanks for joining me again, Clint. Oh, thank you for having me. I, I absolutely love it. I, to be in God's word and uh, share it with you is so wonderful. And Amen. Yeah. Amen, and God be with you all to seek and to save. Amen. Amen.